Welcome to the Jannie and Angie Show with January Donovan and Angela Schneiders. We have a dream to rebuild our church and restore the tender love of Christ to every human heart. We believe in women's irreplaceable role in rebuilding our church, our culture, and our domestic church. As St. Catherine of Siena reminds us, be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. It is time to rise and reclaim souls for Christ. We must deepen our formation as women and prepare ourselves to lead the new evangelization. Our vision in the Women's School is to build our church one woman's formation at a time, and only then will we set the world on fire for Christ. Welcome to Rebuild Your Church podcast, Angie and Jenny show. I always look forward to my time with Ange because it's so rich with depth and meaning and learning and growing and learning again. And so uh, thank you for being here. Our topic today is going more practical on the formation of a woman's life. And so um, we kind of, you know, we want to be able to talk about the vision, but we also want to talk about the discipline, the human formation of the daily norms, the Benedictine lifestyles, no, between all of that in context of our culture. So Ange, there's a question that was posted today and Ange is going to elaborate on it and we're just going to break it down and get really raw with you. I'll share with you my journey as a woman um, with eight children running a company and also Angela coming from perspective of a new mom. I think somewhere in between, you'll probably kind of see you know, just the journey. So today's topic, Ange, take it away. Julie, I, I'm just so excited to be here this morning. And this is a question that has come up so frequently in the past couple of weeks. So I just want to take this time with you to, to parcel this out, to unpack it a little bit. And that the theme and the question for today is how to remain firm, but fluid with our schedules and our routines. One of the things that we speak about most often within the woman's school is how critical it is to have a routine and to honor our rituals. Uh, rituals and routine actually bring order and greater freedom. Contrary to popular belief, that routine is going to um, uh, almost cause a, a slavery or a bondage. And I think that's a, a key distinction we want to really unpack today, Jannie, is that our routines are meant to serve us. And so the art, the art of being a woman in the context of our routines is that capacity to be firm but fluid. Mm-hmm. And I love studying you and Ryan in this, as you are now preparing to welcome your eighth child into the world in, uh, God willing, about six or seven weeks, staying there a little bit longer, um, right. because we have to, uh, it's so critical for us to honor that routine, to um, create that habit of, of living that and of integrity in the moment of choice, when we have the choice to choose something else or to honor our routine and our plan for the day, but also not being so rigid that um, we can't we can't adjust. Mm-hmm. And so, Jeannie, I was just hoping you could speak to that a little bit today. You know, very practically speaking, for some of our listeners who are perhaps single and are you know there's there's greater fluidity uh, when you're single because you don't have a husband and, and eight children in tow. But if you can learn and master that skill as a single woman, it's going to make every other chapter of your life infinitely more free and easy and peaceful. So if you could just speak to that today for a moment. Oh, thank you. And I first, I'm going to kind of take it from a 10,000 foot overview of the purpose of routine and then my experience with routine. So <clears throat> just a little bit of experience of rhythm of life and routine is that I had a mentor who actually said, if it's not written, it's not really ordered. Mm -hmm. So I was just looking through actually my old journals and literally I had to write down my routine every single day, not because it changed, but as a habit. So it was a skill that was drilled in my mind. And so, um, because it changed all the time, but at the same time, even if it didn't change, I, I remember I had writing a sticky note in the morning before I actually, before, I'm sorry, before I went to bed. So then in the morning it was ready for me and it was just like little tiny handwriting. I have it. It's uh, looking back at it. So <clears throat> I feel as though my, 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 she was consecrated lady drilled in my head, um, 
the importance of order. And, mm-hmm. and so I think I have been, it's now part of, I think, who I am. Because at first we learn it and then we inherit it and then we incarnate it and then it becomes our being. That's the order in which kind of we talk about it in, in the woman's school. So I'm speaking from a woman who had no routine. Mm-hmm. or somebody who didn't understand routine to now really having the freedom of order. So that's my experience of, of routine. And it has actually um, really shaped the way I live my single years, my motherhood, and each child coming forward. So I think in rhythm. And I have to kind of look back sometimes of what this looks like. So now further, you know, what is the purpose of routine? You know, so if I were going to pick a scripture for a purpose of routine, I would look at the parable of the talents. That's really what I see it. And, and I, I believe that, you know, we are here to fulfill God's will in our lifetime, right? That's what actually allows us to be fulfilled. Not this fulfillment of like, I love who I am. And, you know, just kind of like this vanity fulfillment, but fulfillment in the fact that generosity is true fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So that's the fulfillment that I'm talking about. Unless we're giving of ourselves, we're not really fulfilled. So here's the thing. If we don't know how to give of ourselves because we haven't cultivated our time and our talent, then we actually rob ourselves with true meaningful fulfillment that is in alignment with, I believe, who God is. It's not the vain, shallow fulfillment, mm-hmm. but it's the fulfillment from coming, I mean, I'm sorry, from doing what God is asking of us at every given moment, okay? So it goes really, to me, I'm seeing the layers of depth in that there is no sanctity without a rhythm in a sense that how can we truly cultivate both our time and our talent to give it right back to a life of generosity if we don't have order in our life, okay? So that's really seeing the magnitude of the way I feel like the importance of it. Secondly, I believe that, so what I mean by that is that if we do not have order, we cannot maximize training our mind, our body, our spirit, our gifts for God, Mm -hmm. because we waste a lot of time. Okay. So that that's the depth of purpose. And then secondly, I think that God- Can I just provide a a caveat there as well? Yes. So also, I think it's so critical that we acknowledge how the church has been teaching us this from the beginning, Mm -hmm. that we have a God who is ordered. Everything Mm -hmm. in the universe is ordered. And the father created, he creates a framework. You know, he created the sky, the land and the sea, and then he filled it. So he created a place for things and then he filled them. And even looking at the rule of St. Benedict, you know, there was eight hours for sleep, eight hours for work, and uh, in prayer and study and, and time for recreation. So he built into that plan of life um, all these critical things that we want to incorporate into our day. He first built a place for them and then he filled it. And so that way there's peace in knowing, okay, I've got time in my schedule for my study, for my prayer, for my rest, for my recreation, for my family, which actually eliminates that anxiety because anxiety can be that fear of, I've got these things to do, but I don't have a place to do it. Correct. So it, it, it really creates an internal disorder that is opposite of internal freedom. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes when we think of, you know, I've, I've just, I mean, thousands of women are like, I don't like routine January, I don't like schedule because I feel like it's like a prison. And if we see it as a prison, it's because we don't see the purpose of it. Because order should set us free, not put us in a prison if we understand the purpose of order and the meaning of order, right? It's like, I'm just not one of those, you know, we have these labels and I'm a very spontaneous person. Like I feel like my, you know, I've got sort of this, like I just, I love spontaneity. I love the adventure of the day, but it's in context within the boundaries of what I believe is important. So, you know, order, I just think that God is a God of order, the rhythm of like the harmony we can't look at the natural creation and beauty that God designed without seeing order. We can't even look at a child being conceived in the womb and think that, no, the, you know, the heartbeat goes before the, the limb and then, you know, then the foot, there's an order even to the creation of the human being inside the womb in a mother's womb. That's why you're able to look at like one week, two weeks, three weeks. I mean, that is a powerful indication that a God is a God of order and that disorder wrecks havoc 
into our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual state. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and it goes back to that scripture. So I think the depth of that purpose is really important. We're going to talk about the how in a minute. But I think it's important to understand the crisis of lack of order first before we can jump in why we need to do it. So in a very practical level, if we wake up all day long and we have no idea what the day looks like because my child's running my day. I have an infant and I don't know when she cries and when she wakes up. And so I don't, there's no way you can have order. And I will tell you, I have eight children. I don't necessarily think that it has to be the case. I think that a child has to be put in context of the order of the home and the purpose, but fluid. You know, it's, it's not, I, I, I don't have a rigid schedule for my child, but I have a rhythm of life in, within the context of my children that, is, um, uh, that creates and protects the harmony of our home. And that's the key is that, that harmony is something that we as women need to cultivate and protect and nurture. So that's why order is important because let's take it practically. If, you know, if my child has no concept when she's supposed to wake up, when he's supposed to have lunch, and then when supposed to be clean up and when supposed to be exercise, then A, why would they do it? And B, how can I hold them accountable for exercising, for rhythm of life, for, for prayer? And how do I unite eight kids if I have no idea what everyone else is doing whenever? Do you see what I mean? So then it's sort of like all day long as mothers, as women, we are putting out fires because they don't know what to expect. It's okay to get away with it. Maybe one, two child, you're like, I'm feeling it. But three kids and up, it's like you're playing whack-a-mole. I'm still playing whack-a-mole within a context of order. So what I'm seeing is that is that mentally our brain gets physically exhausted mm-hmm. when we're actually reacting all day. The purpose of order is that there is a natural already decision that's been made of what we're supposed to do to leave room for the things that we should create in our mind and do and be creative and, 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 and contribute so that you know we have a finite capacity in our brain to make decisions all day until we're mentally exhausted that actually is connected to our emotional exhaustion and physical exhaustion. So if you understand the neuroscience behind it, if I'm making a hundred decisions before eight o'clock and I'm putting out fires by 10 o'clock, I'm like, I'm, t- I'm done. Okay. So I think from a very practical perspective, we need to understand that chaos is emotionally hijacks us to intimacy with God. And Ultimately, that's the reason why we order our minds so we can intimately be more united with our Lord, right? So given that, um, you know, what does that look like, right? So we're going to talk about this concept about firm and fluid, okay? So what does it mean to be firm? Firm in our commitment. Mm -hmm. To be able to do the things that actually keep us whole. Prayer, exercise, cooking so it can healthy time with my 13 year old time with my 11 year old time with my husband work time study time the things that keep me whole maturing as a woman right you know be perfect to tell father means that perfect perfect to lesio means to mature so i need to know what those things that keep me maturing and whole as a woman such as prayer study exercise right So the purpose is that it's a form of accountability so that my life is, has the capacity for sustained generosity. Let me put that in a practical level. Okay. I don't know an exercise because I don't have time because like this and you know, all these different kind of, and then all of a sudden three weeks later, I'm like, Oh, I feel like crabby. Mm -hmm. Like my body's, you know, and then we get, we crash. Mm -hmm. You know what? My kids are, are, are totally, um, they're throwing tantrums because they don't know when they sleep and when they eat and they're actually, their brain's getting cuckoo as well. And so now I'm putting up my child's fire. And so, oh, it was a really good day. It was a good week. And then, oh, what a horrible. And then life is a roller coaster. As, and so what happens when life is a roller coaster, we do not have sustained capacity for what? Generosity. 
Because I'm like, ah, oh, I'm too tired to phone my kids today. I'm too tired to hold my husband accountable. You know, I'm too tired to, to study. I don't really want to cook today. Let's just have McDonald's. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So do you see that in a very practical level that it's like up and down? Right. Okay. So what's our goal as a woman? Become a reservoir. So we have to protect the reservoir. And the way you protect the reservoir is that you do what matters that fills your cup for sustained capacity for generosity. Okay. So I'm really giving you sort of a big picture. Mm-hmm. So that's what form, form is, is forming our commitment fluid in how the Holy Spirit moves us throughout the day. It is, that means that, you know what, he is teething. So right now I'm just, I need to recalibrate my expectation. I just told you a little bit. I was like, I had a 1030 podcast. I was like, Ange, give me five more minutes. I had to recalibrate some behavior for my kids because I'm homeschooling and I needed to really pause and um, <clears throat> just set the tone for my other children's behavior. So it's not, it's never rigid. Right. It's always listening to the Holy Spirit. So you're always in constant mental prayer in context of your capacity to both be committed, but also be willing to be moved. And that, Janny, is so critical. And I hope listeners, you can go back and, and literally rewind about 30 seconds and listen to that again, because that's the art and that's the whole purpose of order and honoring our commitments is when we've, we've, we've built that discipline and built that routine that we're honoring 95% of the time when the Holy Spirit prompts us that, oh, this friend really needs me. I, I'm, you know, because I've been able to honor my, my, my rituals and routines, which are honoring and building up my reservoir, I actually have the freedom to make that exception to be with that friend on a late night. I have that exception to go take care of my child who's teething. I'm able to make that exception to be with a dear friend who's hurting. But rather than being dictated by those outlier events and being in constant reactionary mode where my life becomes chaos, and if we're living in that chaos as a permanent state, we're actually not free interiorly or exteriorly to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and be available to best serve the situation. So that's what's so key, dear listeners, is that we have to understand the ritual and the routine gives order, which gives freedom, which leads to internal freedom, which allows us to be constantly with our lady and ready to give our fiat. May your will be done in me um, and be it done to me according to thy will, Heavenly Father. So I'm free to be moved in the present moment to respond to the needs before me. And I've got a full cup. And because I've created time to fill my reservoir, my exercise, my meal planning, my prayer time, my intentional time with my family and my friends, my loved one, et cetera, I'm, I'm then free to do the dance. But not from right. completion and chaos. Right. Because you're not guilty. You're Correct. not like stressed. You're not anxious that you didn't do X, Y, and Z you know that as a woman, you see yourself as a woman of order and rhythm and routine, but also a woman of generosity and um, somebody who's always open to the Holy Spirit, that when the Spirit calls, you have the capacity to do it because you're actually not depleted. Right. You, you've eaten healthy. You've, you know, you've taken care of time with your family. You've done your studies. So that's a really important. And here's the key ingredient. Both are compounding skill set. And when we talk about skill, it's knowing how to do it and then how to do it well mm-hmm. and then how to master it, right? So being firm and committed is part of learn. That's why she made me write it. Mm-hmm. That's why she made me do it. And it sounds like, you know, I always think of Mr. Miyagi from like a mm-hmm. karate kid. Like, do I really need to write it? Like, I, but when you're learning, you do until mm-hmm. you become a master of it. It's kind of like, you know, reading your speech until you've mastered it. Now, after you've mastered memory, until you've memorized it. Now, when you memorize it, now you can kind of animate it. Mm -hmm. Right. And now you've mastered, you've memorized it, you've animated it. Now you can do it in a way where you can even put your own spin on it. You see what I mean? There's an order even in learning. So, you know, if, if, if you're single out there, the first thing 
you need to do is to master the skill of commitment and order. I'm going to also touch on the question because, you know, how do I not feel guilty? Because mm-hmm. um, that's an important question is that you, that's why it's a compounding skill set. So because being firm with our commitment requires us to also learn boundaries, mm-hmm. holding space for accountability, honoring our value and our capacity for generosity. It's, that's why it's never just one thing. Like, January, can you give me advice? And I said, yeah, but that advice connects to five more things. <laughs> you know, so the first thing is really learning the comp, the, the, you know, a few of the compounding skills, which is being committed to your rhythm of life, which means you need to write it, you need to look at it every day, and you need to honor it. Okay. And then the second thing is being able to listen to the promptings of, you know, my friend needs me, but because you've been so committed, like you said, you're, you're, you are able to pivot when needed, when the Holy Spirit needs you to, to give or to pivot and change things without guilt. Right. Right. So those are almost two different skills, but when you put it together, it becomes like an art because it's, it sounds like a contradiction, but in reality, it's a collaboration of something even greater. It actually produces an art. Mm -hmm. Right. Because to be able to do that requires mastery of multiple skills. Correct. Multiple skills in different ways. Correct. Correct. And so Jeannie, I can literally hear some of our ladies out there saying, um, but Jeannie, I travel every week. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I work in the medical profession so that my, my days, my days and my weeks look different every day. So how can I possibly master a routine when every day, uh, there's some external factors that make my days different. So how would you speak to those ladies, Jenny? Number one, if you allow, give yourself permission to think that it's not possible, then you won't do it. Mm-hmm. I can also tell you that I have eight kids. There's no way I can have a rhythm of life. And that would be an excuse and a lie I'm telling myself. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we need to do is to re- renew our mind and to mm-hmm. think just because I'm traveling all day, just because I have eight children, I'm running a whole entire company and I'm in a medical field, that doesn't mean I can't have order. And I'm going to go practical in a minute. Okay. So the first thing we always need to go to is our mind and limited beliefs about how we think order is and what's possible and not possible. Right. So that's so, so that we don't give ourselves excuses. So in the woman's school, we talk about compounding skills that we talk about shifting limiting beliefs as a starting point to actually shift our skill set. Because the reason why you are probably you as in listeners, you know, are, are, are using that language is because we don't understand the power of language or the power of how um, our words shape our perspective right? So everything is first designed in our mind. When I say that, I mean, if I, you know, the cell phone was first, you know, designed in somebody's ideas, right? A pen or any kind of design they had to think about in their head and what made it possible. I mean, think about it. Anything that was designed physically or even, you know, movements, they were designed in somebody's mind. So we need to shatter the glass of limitations to think that's not possible. Instead, we say, how can I make it possible? We shift from being a woman of excuse to becoming a woman of solution. So if your self-image, and this is why it has to be in the woman's school, we tackle a different part of the woman because now I'm talking about self-image mm-hmm. while I was talking about mindset and the skill of form and fluid. It's hyper-connected. Why? Because we're integrated human woman being. So now when I talk about self-image, you've got to see yourself. The opinion you hold of yourself is that you're a woman of solution, not excuses. I can find a million excuses why I can't have a rhythm of life. I'm homeschooling. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. pregnant. I have a new baby. I mean, I really can, but I choose not to. Okay. So the first thing we need to do is a mindset. But remember, we can't think our way through losing weight. We can't think our way to holiness. We've got to what? Have the discipline, AKA skill set. So now you've got to learn some of these skill set. And the first skill we need to learn is learning how to create a routine. The woman I think get stuck because they have never been shown how to build a routine. So it sounds so daunting mm-hmm. to even begin to do it. Now, I, uh, uh, you know, when I first was taught how to do this, it was sort of like a, it's learning a new language. There's a discomfort and a humility that is required in order to build a new skill set. And that's why it's so beautiful when we never arrive because we're constantly in the foothills of Mount Everest, realizing how small we are before God. And there's freedom in that. Right. Right. So now we have to learn the skill of what? 
actually learning how to write a routine. I teach my seven-year-old. I teach my eight-year-old. I lay foundation to my three and my four-year-old, even though it's imperfectly created. So, you know, there's, um, you have to just try it. So what do I mean by that one skill set? You know, the first thing that, so I have to take a step back. So, so I want to paint the picture here. Routine and rhythm of life is a mindset. It's a way of life. It's not what you do. It's actually who you are. But before it becomes incarnate within you, you have to first do the work of knowing how to do it. So what, what does that look like? What do I mean by that? It means that, okay, my child is waking up and um, I have to recalibrate because he's teething. Or right now um, I'm single, but my boss wants me to work late because of something so I honor that, right? The, 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 the fluidity in which the Holy Spirit's called me in that season. But then in that time, I'm already redesigning the, uh, the next rhythm. Mm -hmm. So that's literally how I operate. So let's just say, you know what? We had to push on an hour later. Let's recalibrate our day. It's learning how to fish. So now my day is like, you know, it's pushed back, dinner's pushed back. Or right now we have to recalibrate because rock is for whatever reason, but I don't just let it go. I'm saying, okay, now instead of nine o'clock, it's 10 o'clock, let's push everything back. In my mind, it's already calculating mm -hmm. the, the recalibration of rhythm and order. I just introduced you another skill set, recalibrating. Right. So then I say, okay, instead of nine o'clock, you know, he's going to sleep to, to at 10 o'clock. He just sleeps for two hours because we've established a rhythm of life. He'll probably get up at 12. Now, instead of putting him to bed at two, I'll put him to bed at three. Now, instead of dinner at six, five or six, we'll have dinner at 6.30. So it's, I am, when even in its fluid state, I'm recalibrating the order in my mind. But here's, it, you know, that's why it's a multiple skill set because I'm like, okay, now my two children come home from homeschooling. Lunch is now at one o'clock. It's like literally constantly in my head. I, you know, I, I write it on the board. I have a whiteboard, but um it, it resets everybody's expectations. Mm -hmm. But here's the key ingredient. It's, they, my children already know that things can be recalibrated because things come up. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that they just go do whatever they want. They are also, I'm training them to think in rhythm of life. So when they come here, say, mom, I'm going to switch the schedule. I'm just going to move here instead of me being here at one or two. So they think in order in systems as well. So do you see what I mean? It's not, it's not like, okay, that was it. I'm done. My kids are teething or I can't have a routine because now I've worked late at night and it's elections. My boss. No, we say in this season, there is a particular rhythm of life that needs to be recalibrated and that's okay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you're never operating without a rhythm. You're operating always by managing your rhythm of life, even if you need to recalibrate it a few times a day. Yep. And that's a key distinction right there too, Jannie. Not only are we perhaps recalibrating every couple of months based upon our children's development and growth, but it literally is a daily and multiple times throughout the day, a recalibration without, without giving up. Right. It's, really a so it's, it's the mic. It's just like when we're driving a car, you're constantly making micro yeah. adjustments mm -hmm. to allow for the unexpected, but it's not like you're going to drive off the road just because a deer comes on and that's going to be the end of your day. You just make a micro adjustment and you keep going. And yeah. so I think that is such a beautiful way of, and I just love Jenny again, that legacy that as you and Ryan have established these rituals and routines, as a way of life and a way a culture for your family that becomes the school in which your children are learning that way of thinking and uh literally that paradigm of ritual yeah. routine and recalibration as a way of life yeah and so you know i think that if we can it begins with them having the mindset shifting their language and thinking so that they're not stuck, also stranded, you know, and, and just want to outline to you the fruit of this as well. Like my nine-year-old writes their own routine that they know, you know, they get up at 5.30 or 6.30, depending if they need to make breakfast or who makes breakfast. And they know that they, you know, go around the lake between 6 and 6.30, sometimes it's 6.30 to 7, right? But we know from 6 to 8 o'clock, it's 
all the things that we need to do. There's a set expectation of what needs to be done during that time. There's an order to it, but if we need to shift it, the order still needs to be done, such as making, you know, making breakfast, making sure Pia packs a girl's snacks, Jack Ryan makes sure he get them, gets them out the door. They need to be done between 6.30 and 7. If they're late, they're scripting it. If they need some extra sleep, they say, mom, I need some extra sleep because I stayed up last night reading or we can be fluid about it, but they know that from six to eight, it's the morning order. Their bed has to be in, you know, in my house, there's BBBC, um, bed, brush, um, bathroom, and closet that before eight o'clock, that is already ordered. So they have these things that are prerequisite prior to their, their day so that they know, okay, at eight o'clock, they take the babies to school. Um, and that's my time to actually listen and, and read um, on audio while I put the makeup on. So does it switch? Sometimes you have to leave at 8.15. It's okay. We recovered today. I wanted to be in my desk at 8.30. I got there at nine o'clock because Rock really needed me. Mm-hmm. And he, but it, it's still in context of a, time block, I guess it's the right word, which we teach in the woman's school. And really ladies, it, it's a skill that needs to be constantly developed and redeveloped. But what I tell women is that you, there is no choice if you want freedom to actually develop these skill set and be patient with the progress because it takes time. It's a language. It's a way of being. First you're doing it and then you're, you know, and then you're being it. That's how we become being is that it's been practiced for so long it becomes incarnate within us just like the monastic life you know you can't live without prayer anymore because it's so part of you so my point in saying that is that now the children know okay from 9 to 12 because lunch is 12 they know they're doing school and they've got that time block i've got my work time block rock is sleeping i've got somebody who helps me from 11 to 12 to help feed rock from 11 to 12 and i have hard stuff at 12 and then you know, I spend time with the children mm-hmm. between 12 and 1.30 before I start my afternoon time block between 1.30 and 3, 3.30 sometimes. So do you see what I mean? Uh, it, and, and then the children know between 12 and 1.30, that's our sacred family lunchtime. Or, you know, and, and, um, <clears throat> and then they come home, they know, okay, 5.30, you're not here, you're scripting it because that's when you're supposed to be home because that's when you prep for dinner. So they know that when they're playing with their friends, they know when they're exercising. So what I'm saying is that it has to come from the mother and the father, that there has to be an honoring or a rhythm of life that, that tells them that time is sacred. Yeah. But also time is a gift and responsibility. But I will tell you that it takes time to build that kind of level of reverence for the time God has given us. And it is a, it is a work in progress. What I mean by that is you're constantly recalibrating. So as a mom, I'm thinking in rhythm all day long to help manage eight different people, run a company. But because there's a rhythm, things could shift. But we keep the sacredness of the harmony. Right. So what I've just given you is the real practical, I would say, byproduct of learning these skill set. Mm-hmm. And, and some days you just say, you know what, we're just not going to do that. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, um, so and I'm giving you sort of the practical part of it, I've, you know, showing you sort of the, the purpose behind it. Um, I'm going to, tell you, you know, especially for single women is boundaries are key to firm and fluid. So there was a question earlier about like, how do I as a single woman not feel bad about you know, having to leave early with friends? You establish an order of life that is so um, committed to what you think can continue to give you um, that life of wholeness and capacity for generosity that you're going to know, you know what, I'm going to say no to you because right now that's way too much. Right. And if you are seeing the purpose and the depth of why you need to get up, then you're not going to feel guilty. And I will tell you, ladies, it actually raises your respectability as a woman when you hold firm your standard and your, um, your order in life. It is actually quite attractive. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I met Ryan on our first date and I didn't realize that we were on a date. I thought that I would be done at eight o'clock and I told my friend. And so, you know, um, I, was, I think I was in denial about it, but I remember I was like, it's 1030. 
it's time for me to go, buddy. <laughs> I got to go to mass in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I remember he dropped me off like right before 11 o'clock, you know, and um, I thought that that was kind of, it, it was, a, it was, um, it made a mark on his um, mind, you know, to say, okay. But then we were out, you know, we were at Scythian, I think on our second date and I was out till, I don't know, midnight or one, but it was a Saturday, you know? So the thing here, ladies, if you're single, you set the tone mm-hmm. in which how you actually create the rhythm of life. And I will tell you that tone actually is a source of inspiration for those lives around you. Yes. And it was so interesting because this was something I had no, you know, no knowledge of. But I remember in Steubenville when I was there, oh, she goes to bed at 10. So let's make sure we get January before 10. People just knew that. People, people just, just knew that about you. Yeah. Yeah. And people, I, this is really funny, but I'm just going to put it out there. So I guess, I don't know if it was my sophomore year, but everybody knew I got up at four in the morning and that if you wanted to talk or, you know, um, I was at the port and this is our, our, our consecrated, or what is it called? The Eucharist, yeah, a perpetual Eucharistic chapel. And so my day was ordered and it was a, um, uh, it was something that I just sort of did. And so everybody kind of knew. And so I had a guy ask me out at 5.30 in the morning on a dance because he knew that was my window between my walk to the port and to mass. But it was so beautiful because he knew actually the order in which I live my life. So if you're single out there, you know, it, it, you set the tone of commitment and order and protecting your, your internal freedom and your intimacy with the Lord. And it actually, in so many ways, makes the guys um, rise. And, and, and so when I was single, I had this, you know, I get up in the morning, I go, I go to mass. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go, but I have 10 o'clock cut off. So I would go dancing because I wanted to learn salsa at seven. So, you know, and then I'd be home by nine. So my point in saying that is that you can establish these habits now mm-hmm. as a way of life and recalibrating. And you're going to see that you have the capacity to do so much more because you've ordered your life. Correct. And that the transition to motherhood, one, two, three, four, five, becomes an upgrade of skill set, but it's not like a shock to the system. No. And that's what enabled Eugenie to have such freedom when you were transitioning to being from being single to married. And then you and Ryan had four babies in four years. <laughs> and rather than falling into postpartum depression, you were thriving because yeah, yeah. you just all you had to do was expand that skill base that you'd already established as a single woman that had prepared you, you knew how to create order. You knew, you knew how to create a ritual and a routine. And that's one thing that I just admired most when I was getting that time to really come and live with you all for weeks at a time was to observe that again, you and Ryan don't revolve around the children. The children are welcomed into the order of the home, the Donovan home. And so it, it just creates a peace and everyone has, um, there's a confidence in knowing what's happening, what's coming up. And, um, uh, which uh, literally frees the mind and in our interior hearts for greater creativity. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and, and I can see that, you know, uh, so I want to give everybody hope that, that, you know, a rhythm of life is simply a life of purpose and discipline mm-hmm. so that we can always reflect the creation should and not re- to reflect the creator and the creator is a God of order and the God of rhythm. And that is the ultimate goal. And I think the invitation here as a woman is that we have two choices. We either say, nope, it's not possible. Or we say, how can I make it possible? And then do the internal labor of mastery of self to be able to not do it for yourself, but to do it, to be able to make yourself an instrument for God. And that's ultimately, you know, the layers of depth that's connected to the mastery of order that's firm and fluid. And I will tell you, it creates harmony in your, in your, in your physical body. Cause I think your body actually, there's so many studies out there that when you wake up the same time every day, your body actually feels like it's getting more sleep than asleep as opposed to like having a chaos. Our, our God designed our body so beautifully that it responds to order more powerfully than when you were not in order. Exactly. You know, our body is actually more in optimal operation and 
So I encourage women out there, you know, who have never been, who've never been given the privilege to learn order to be patient and to honor the journey and say, how can I expect myself to know all this when if nobody had prepared me? Because the, the tendency is to feel guilt and shame and the, and defeated. And you can feel all those layers of pain for a few moments and then say, okay, I have two choices. I can live my life in just chaos or I can live my life in order, right. knowing that the gift on the other side of the discipline is internal freedom, intimacy with God, more fulfillment in my home life and capacity to maybe work out, you know, contribute my time and talent. Right. Yes. And I think, again, for our ladies to remember that our past does not define us, but it, rather it's a compass to our future. And so when was the best time to start working on our rituals and routines? Probably 20 years ago. When's the second best time? Today. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Today. Mm-hmm. Today you can begin that journey of, of, of mastery that starts with working on very simple compounding skills yeah. that might be simple, but they take the internal labor. I love that you describe that. This, the, the internal freedom is literally the process of it. We give birth to that. Mm-hmm. through that process of daily habit of study and application. It's the internal labor of the woman. It's the work right. of the soul. And right. I look at, you know, some of the great saints that, you know, you look back in their life, but how many moments of mundane day in and day out mastery did they come to a point of um, availability for our Lord? Right. You know, and, um, but also just, it's also important to respect our wounds. Yes. And what I mean by that is that the tendency is to be impatient with our growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think to celebrate our, 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 our journey is a, is a way of honoring um, our wound and honoring uh, a God who loves us and who sees that nobody showed us. Right. You know, because if I've never taught my child in ABC and then I get so bent out of shape because he can't write a paper, that's injustice and we have a just god yes who sees us individually intimately interiorly who knows our journey more than anyone and i think at the end of the day here and i just want to um invite every woman that we ought to be a student of being a woman yes that's the art right is that if we become a student of our own internal journey, there is a freedom in knowing that we don't know enough, that we have to grow. And, and I think knowing is so dangerous. And I, I, I hold myself to a high standard of accountability to say, January, get off your high horse. Mm-hmm. Get off your high horse. I'm glad you know it. Knowing isn't being. And so people tell me all the time, you know, January, you must be master at these synthetic kids. And I'm like, you're never a master at it. You're always mastering it. Why? Because there's always a new mountain to climb. Right. For me, it's a new mountain to climb of having an, a, my eighth child while homeschooling, while running a business, having a one-year-old and seeing how to, what new skill can I peel mm-hmm. the layers of mastery um, so that I don't think I have it all. And, and, and I think the question I have to ask myself all the time is that January, observe your fruits. Yes. Observe your fruits. Mm-hmm. So it's sometimes um, eye-opening. It sometimes hurts. It's sometimes you, you can, you can't help but be grateful to God. And, but the thing is every season presents different challenges. So in a new then growth opportunity. Yes. And that's, and I, and I think that word I know, and I just want to create that distinction again for our listeners, because we don't know until we are, but even I think in Spanish, um, that's, you know, uh, the great gift of our English language and also some of the impoverishment that we have one word that can mean multiple things. And so in Spanish, we know that there's conocer, I know, like I know about something information wise. And then there's saber, which is the intimate knowledge. And, um, and I think that's, that's the becoming, that's the mastery that we're striving for is the intimate experiential incarnational knowledge that comes from, from a lifetime of work and discipline and study and trial and falling and getting up again. And that's sanctity. Yeah. And there's freedom in that. And I think that is exactly why I think 
God ordained even the fall to be a happy fall, a happy fall, because it is in those fall. I mean, just think of our Lord on the cross and the Lord, you know, falling on the way to the cross. And, and he was perfect, but he modeled for us like getting up, you know, and, and then he modeled for us the humility to say, yes, you can help me with my cross. Like the humility of our Lord to say, you can help me with my cross. And this is now speaking to the fact that if we don't know how we have to get a guide on how, like there's a lot of humility in being able to say like, okay, I need the next new formation. I need somebody to guide me. I need somebody to walk me through it. I need you to recalibrate me, you know, like, like that is such, that's why it has to be an integrated mindset and skill set because, you know, I have, you know, women get asked me for advice and little things. I always tell them I can give advice, but it's not sustainable unless it's actually integrated with all these different, you know, skill set and mindset. Because think about it right now, I just gave you five, six, seven different skills in context of creating a rhythm of life, which you wouldn't think boundaries are connected to rhythm of life or, you know, into your freedom, but it is. And I think that is exactly what I feel like, you know, the robbery in our culture right now is that women are not integrated or, or um, taught to be integrated. Rather, we are work-life balance. Here's your spiritual life and here's your friendship and here's your work life and here's your money. And, and I think that is the disharmony that's costing women feeling like they're getting pulled from every different direction. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to shift the narrative by saying, no, I will no longer stand to feeling like I'm parts of many different things. I am one woman that God designed and every part of me matters. Every part of me matters. I honor Rock's hand, just like I honor his feet. I love it. You know, like it's so yummy, my baby, but, mm. but that's how we, God sees us. You yes. know? It's yes. and, and so we have to, it's, we have to come into this with that, profound childlike faith and um i guess humility you know to see like okay lord like you said and you know be an instrument right yes so i think to sort of wrap it up you know the purpose of a routine and rhythm of life is far greater than most of us have ever been taught or given the privilege to understand but at the same time i want you to understand the purpose of it in relation to our intimacy with god and that, that's just it. And I just want to emphasize that again. Routine is there for intimacy. The ultimate summit on the other side of routine is intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's always our end goal. And truly, because we will, we will be judged on the level of our love. So our, our desire is to foster the discipline in the routine so we are radically available yeah to our Lord and to others to make that gift of ourself and also to receive you know we want to make our ourselves an open vessel to receive Mm -hmm. and all of that internal order brings peace brings harmony it brings freedom freedom to give and freedom to receive that's really i mean you hit it you know that's our capacity for receptivity which is in the genius of women, which is ultimately actually, you know, indirect proportion to capacity for generosity. Right. I mean, that is a divine tension of a woman's position right there. And, and just even the, the thought of that is so simple. And yet it's, it, it, it's so profound that it's almost easy to miss Mm -hmm. that you know, from my experience with women, they are giving a thousand percent, but not receiving an ounce exactly. and mm-hmm. wonder why we are, we have a depleted crisis. But if you think about it, it's quite simple. How do you continually give when the reservoir is empty? Right. And so the routine honors the reservoir. So it's actually an act of selflessness to honor our routine versus an act of selfishness. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because without honoring my routine and, and, and filling the cup and working on my different arenas and making sure those are integrated and whole, I actually can't make a gift of self to others. 
to so stand that's again that critical distinction that routine is an act of selflessness mm -hmm. so we can be a gift to others and to god and even present to ourselves and you know, we can only love others to the same degree uh, that we that we love ourselves yeah. love thy neighbor as thyself mm -hmm. and that's not an act of selfishness or, or or pride it's because we're made in the image and likeness of god yeah and we love uh, ourselves because he first loved us and has made us worthy and came and died for us. So that's what's just so powerful, Janie. And I just can't thank you enough for unpacking that, for modeling that, for for just awakening for me what is possible and breaking down what, uh, again, is, is very complex into something very simple. It doesn't mean that it's easy, but it means that, again, our Lord is a God of order and he's also, there's a simplicity there that if we take the time, if we dedicate ourselves self to the daily work, the daily practices, the daily courage to get up after we fall. Again, on the other side of that is freedom and intimacy. So Jeannie, thank you so much for unpacking how to be firm and fluid in our routines. And as always, dear listeners, we, um, we just honor you. We honor the journey that you're on. We honor your past. We honor your wounds that are going to be the compass to your future. And we would love to hear from you. Please share any questions or thoughts or um, ideas that came up from today's conversation. And um, uh, you can reach us at info at the Janie and Angie show.com. And also read it, reach us on our website, which is, um, Janiejohn.com or thewomanschool.org. We're shifting it to We're to shifting. Yep, so, exactly. So thewomanschool.org. So God bless and thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear from you. Please write us at info at com. We would love to hear your comments and questions. And to learn more about our work at The Woman's School, please visit our website, thewomanschool.org. Finally, we encourage you to take the wholeness quiz, which you will find on our website, thewomanschool.org. Because as St. Edith Shine taught us, as a woman becomes whole, she becomes a pillar on which others can lean to be made whole. Thank you, ladies. Until next time, let us rise and together rebuild our church.